Really, the goal is just to use our stories to bring veterinary medicine to life for the pet caretakers of the world. Uh, and we're doing it because we believe that educating these caretakers is the most powerful thing that we can do to improve the life quality of all of the pets that we love. Okay. Um, hey, everybody. It's Dr. Natalie Keith. Dr. Josiah Dame. Vet Tales. Mm-hmm. Northside Veterinary Hospital. Today is like a continuation day. Yeah, we thought it would be a good idea to follow up on our food podcast and talk about um, the times that we recommend more specific foods. Yeah. Primarily food trials. Bum, bum, bum. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel like every time I like tell an owner we need to do a food trial. Why do you feel like that? Because I do, I feel the same exact way. I feel like that because I know what I'm asking this owner to do is going to be not only um, a radical change, but it is going to be one of an extended period of time. Yes. And my, where I get my most concern is, because I've done them, um, the cost. Like, my, I know that I'm about to ask the owner to spend some money yeah. in this situation, and that can be tough. That one doesn't bother me as much because typically what I'm trying to do is actually save them money in the long haul. Exactly. And that's where I probably personally, and maybe we have to explain to owners too, in the long run, we are going to save money by doing this mm-hmm. because you're not going to be on all the medications that you would potentially have to be on due to skin infection, secondary to these issues, those types of things. Yeah. And eventually you're hoping that um, it doesn't always have to stay as complicated as it begins. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's, I mean, like people know about food trials, like the whole food or whole 30, um, you know, we get the concept. Gluten. Yes. Like people know. I don't want to talk about it. It feels, yeah, don't it feels talk too personal gluten. right now. <laughs> don't mention don't, gluten. Yes, I miss cookies. Anyway, um, okay, so yeah, that that's the thing is that it is, a, and then this is the other reason that I feel that dun 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 is that almost every time I say, I think that maybe we need to do something about your dog's food. I think it could be food related. This problem. They say, um, oh, I've already tried all the foods. Yep. I've had that too. And so then you have to recreate an entire base of knowledge. Yep. I actually had that last night to jump into a tale maybe, but we'll jump into it in a second. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can do it now. Well, should we talk about like what is a food trial? Just the definition? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, in my experience in, in life in general, it is very easy to believe something new that you've acquired this information, but then when you find out it's wrong and you have to relearn it, yeah. that is wildly more complicated. So let's talk about what a food trial is and what it isn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you want me to go yeah. first? All right. So food trial is basically where we are altering the pet's intake of food in order to discern whether or not the food is causing a certain medical condition. Yes, and so recently I've had a cat who was vomiting. Mm -hmm. So we started a food trial um, to see if it was a protein allergy that was causing vomiting. And then commonly, like last night, I was gonna bring up, I had a dog who was itching and who had really, really upset skin and ears that we talked about food trials because maybe it's not environmental allergies that are causing those 
issues, maybe it's a food allergy, which yeah. is typically, like we talked about in the food podcast, is secondary to proteins, not to grains. Yeah, that's a whole nother can of worms right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about blowing somebody's mind when they come in with their dog and it's got an ear infection. Let's say, you know, it's a three-year-old golden doodle. Not that it's all of our golden doodles, except for every day. Every day. Yeah, but other than those times. Um, and you say, and they're, they're ear, they've got this ear infection, and you say, I think it's a food allergy. For us, that seems extremely straightforward, and for them, it sounds like that we have left reality. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. my dog has a skin infection in its ears. Exactly. What do you mean this is a food allergy? Mm-hmm. Which maybe nowadays with... A lot of people, you know, Whole30, gluten-free. Like people are a lot more of, aware. People are more aware. Like eczema might be related to, you know, food intake. Yeah, um, and a lot of, like, upper respiratory, like nasal drainage and stuff like that, like dairy allergies mm-hmm. are really common for that. Yeah, so Symptom in maybe, humans, in humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe people are becoming mm-hmm. more aware of it as of recent, like, diet things that have our society has kind of latched to yeah um but yeah it it typically rocks people's world and where i run into trouble is people think that they're doing food trials because the bags say um you know lamb and rice um purina one lamb and rice or a salmon and potato or salmon and potato by any other brands you mean they're all this way yeah and then you flip over the bag and then the first protein is lamb yeah. Or salmon. And then the second protein chicken is byproduct. chicken bride product. I got no beef against, uh, no beef, lol. Uh, <laughs> I, I, have, I have no chicken against chicken uh, or byproducts. I have, there's nothing wrong with chicken. There's no. nothing wrong with byproducts. No. Unfortunately, though, it is the number one source of food allergies in dogs. Yes. And so, so cracking that egg to be like, hey, yes, you were, you had wonderful intentions. Yeah. And I love that. But let's flip the bags over and look at what other proteins are in there. And can we also just real quick talk about the FDA study one more time? Yes. Where they took 21 brands of food that didn't even say chicken byproduct on the back. In fact, it said there was no chicken in it. And they did a DNA profile on those foods. And all 21 had chicken in them. And one of them only had chicken in it. Mm-hmm. Which they can do legally for up to six months as long as they are meeting the minimum crude protein requirements stated by AFCO. So that's tough because even if you have a bag of food that is salmon and rice only, if the machinery wasn't cleaned in between the Mm -hmm. chicken batch and the salmon batch, you're going to have potentially some chicken on that food. Yeah. Um, So if your dog is hypersensitive to chicken, from bag to bag, you could see differences. Yeah. So well, what do we do? Yeah, and that's I the mean, thing is like, or, or like if they're running low on salmon, they mm-hmm. they can just throw in chicken, mm-hmm. and um, so you may have one bag that's that's nearly purely salmon, and then the next one is nearly purely chicken. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the only way to get around that is to not use over the counter foods. Yes. Which there are multiple ways to not use over the counter foods. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we're are we getting off topic? Or are we still on topic? I still think we're on food trial. <laughs> I yeah. mean, yeah. It's um, because the question is, what is a food trial? And um, and I guess the answer is strictly controlling their their ingredient profile. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about the different ways we can do that. Yeah. Well, and the most important ingredient that we're going to control is the protein source. Mm-hmm. We don't Absolutely. get too worked up about the grain source. Um, 
Corn and wheat will make the list of allergens, but they are far, far, far behind chicken, beef, egg, and soy. Yes. So we, yeah, we have some food options that we can go to um, when we are concerned about it. And this is another bump, 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 bump. Yeah. Is how long we have to yes. do it yes. to actually see results. Yeah. So you may see results within six weeks. Mm-hmm. But you sure can't guarantee it, and it may be 12 weeks before. I mean, so standardly, right, 12 weeks mm-hmm. is what we call a food trial mm-hmm. in dogs. Yeah, and that's tough for some people. It's really tough because it's, you know, anything that's going in that dog's mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, treats and chewable preventatives and all the things. Yeah, you basically have to feed the diet solely, and then you have to kind of reassess how was I feeding treats even. So all the treats that you were giving... A lot of people, I'm just like, just stop treats, and if you have to do a treat, maybe do a vegetable, yeah. like home-cooked your vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is that they're doing the canned version of those hydrolyzed proteins. Mm-hmm. You can um, roll it up into little balls and freeze them. Yep. yep and yep, yep. give them a little crunchy treat that way. Which I guess that will roll right into the yeah. diets that we would recommend. That, yeah. Because over-the-counters can be hit or miss. When we really need to do a real food trial, that's why we are offering these special foods that we're going to mm-hmm. now talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they, they fall into two main categories, although you could, you know, obviously split them out further. Um, but there's either going to be your hydrolyzed proteins, mm-hmm. which is essentially the process of taking whatever core protein. A lot of them actually use chicken, which is wild. Or chicken feather. Chicken feather. Which is crazy to my little brain yummy yeah i love chicken feathers <laughs> byproduct <laughs> yes exactly um, so you take your your chicken protein and you and, and they're basically they're breaking it up um into small enough chunks that the antibody that would have normally attached to the chicken protein now is not like whoa there's chicken instead it's like hey Glargine. Yum. I, you, I needed that. This is great news. And no immune uh, response is incited in that process because of this, this antibody that would have released a bunch of, you know, caused this histamine response within the system now is no longer triggered. And we don't have this, theoretically, we don't have a response to this chicken. Now, now some dogs that's still not enough yeah um and so and what's hard is that they you don't know which dogs are going to be which like some will do much much better on the hydrolyzed proteins mm-hmm. other dogs will do better on our other options yeah which our other options are going to be like we talked about in the food podcast the fresh foods and the home cooked foods yeah so i've had a dog who you know was dang near allergic to everything and the owner's like had to make tilapia yeah. for this dog. That's what I always start with. Yeah. Tilapia. Yeah. And so this dog was eating tilapia, broccoli, and when they came to me, they were already doing that and I was and they've saw an improvement and I was like, that is wonderful. Now let's add in balance it, which is that website that we've yeah. talked about that they help you um, take your diet that you're home cooking and help you make it a complete and balanced diet so that your dog is getting all the nutrition yeah. it needs. So it's literally just balanceit.com. Mm-hmm. Like balance the diet. Yeah, balance the diet. And that's phenomenal. And oh, that's such if, a great tool. If people can do the cooking at home, that is amazing. And then if you can't, there's also those fresh um, food companies like Nom Nom, um, Farmer's Dog, and... Just Food for Dogs. Just Food for Dogs, um, which 
they will basically do the cooking for you and send it to you frozen. Yeah, and they do have veterinary nutritionists on board. They do guarantee um, the wet to dry cleaning process, so there is no protein contamination. So what you you know if you select pork, you're getting pork. Exactly. So that's another way that we can do a diet trial where we would see success in dogs that maybe tried hydrolyzed protein and it didn't work. Um, and we can try the fresh food and sometimes that's what they needed. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder, I just have this tiny theory that's backed by absolutely nothing. Um, so don't quote me on this ever, as I say it on a podcast. <laughs> Everyone quote her on it. <laughs> Immediately. Soundbite. Uh, yes. I wonder if it's the processing. That's a soundbite. Like, what if the dog is uh, responding not to the protein, but rather the processing of the food? You know, this this high heat extrusion process. Um, you know, of all kibble that we feed. What if if that you know that that is something that they're sensitive to? Um, so you you have a really when you go with the the home cooked or the fresh frozen, um, it's a more whole food type mentality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now. We're not saying raw. We're saying we are not saying frozen. raw. Yes, cooked. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, potentially. Yeah, I mean, never it's a theory. Never. Like that's one of the questions why I wonder if why some dogs respond to one better than the other. Exactly. Yeah, and I then, see that. And it's also to like, you know, they are breaking these proteins down, but it's not all the way to the amino acid level. So maybe we're still inciting some allergic response that way. All potentials, and then when you think about it, like. I can handle things that other people can't. Like Absolutely. It, it's you know it's just we're all different. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, and it, it's there's so it's so multifactorial that it can exactly. get really hard. Exactly. Yeah, and I do like that we have the option though of we can try this dry food. We can if you are down to do the f- um, fresh food, yes, let's try that. Or if you can cook, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Yeah, typically takes, you know, eight to 12 weeks to yeah. see that change. And the downside of it is, is if someone drops a piece of chicken and that dog um, uh, or cat um, eats the piece of chicken, then the clock restarts. Yeah, and that's another again. thing yeah. that is like so tough is Especially you're doing your kids. best. Yes. And then it they just flare yeah. just almost instantly. It's wild. But I do think the recovery is quicker from that point. So much quicker. Yeah. Yep. So, you yep, know, yep, definitely, um, it, you know, it's not completely square one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then, you, you know, after, let's say, hypothetically, we, we take this pet with this problem, we do a food trial, it's been 12 weeks, and they're doing so much better, but the, the, the quality of life issues are, you know, a problem, like as far as like just the strain on the family or whatever, you can start trying to reintroduce things and see one at a time, you know, do one every couple of weeks or whatever. Can we get by with this yeah. until eventually, hopefully you find the one or two things that like it's not going to work. Yeah. So reintroduction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had a dermatologist that I have worked with previously who put her dogs onto, there's a Royal Canin vegetarian diet, and I've seen her put them onto that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she has a truly a protein plan that people follow where they cook the protein at home, they put it on top of the vegetable food, um, the vegetarian diet, I mean, and then you see if they react to those proteins, and that will guide them oh, to buy interesting. more. Yeah. yeah, and that was, the point of that was for them to then maybe buy a food that actually had that um, protein in it without having to do like the hydrolyzed protein right. in it. But then you get back into the same problem with your commercial diets. Exactly. Of, is the bag going to have in it what 
it said it was going to have. And, and some of this is, to, it, you know, based off severity of symptoms, you mm-hmm. know. So if you have, we'll pick on cats for just one second. Let's say we have a cat that throws up twice a month. Yep. That is much different than a cat that throws up every meal. Yep. And so what can you get away with? Yeah, and I have that cat that vomits yeah. twice a month, and I've and I have a dog who is itchy, who did respond to an over-the-counter food, but they are not anywhere near the dog that I saw this morning yeah. who had terrible skin and terrible ears. Yeah, um, you know, I switched them to an over-the-counter pro plan, sensitive skin and stomach, and both of them responded to it. And the question is, great. Was he allergic to chicken or did he need the salmon um, omegas, the fish oils in there to to help his skin barrier? Or, you know, was it all environmental? And even, you know, this is rabbit holing um, a little bit, but even with um, dogs who have food allergies and then you start them on these um, food trials, you'll see improvement, but they're going to potentially have underlying environmental allergies still that we have to use medications for. So sometimes we can't get them off of like Apoquel or Cytopoint. Um, You know, that's always the goal technically, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's unrealistic because if they're allergic to the proteins, they they might be allergic to the world too. I mean, that's, yeah, it can be and. Yes, and. But it's about severity. Like I had a puppy come in who... um, came in with very bad allergies. We switched the food. He's doing much better. He's got a little bit of redness under his armpits. Um, and I told the owner, I was like, that might be where we level out. Um, and as good as we might get it at this point. Yeah. So then what are you going to do at this stage with this this dog? We've, we've improved the situation, but we still got problems. Yeah. So the situation is improved. There's There is sometimes a personally, I feel like there's a point where it's as good as it does get for mm-hmm. the skin. Um, so I kind of just like talked to the owner and I told them, you know, this is where we're at. This might be as good as it gets, but we're going to try our best to kind of get it better. Um, so Cytopoint injections for younger yeah. dogs, because um, Cytopoint injections can be used for dogs below a year of age. Apoquel is going to be over a year of age. Um, and so that can help some of the allergies. Um cleaning the dogs when they come mm-hmm. if this is an environmental on top of food allergy mm-hmm. cl- cleaning the actual allergens off the dog if they rolled in the grass so taking like a wet uh, wet wipe um, the sensitive skin ones that don't have sense um, or a damp washcloth and kind mm-hmm. of like mechanically wiping the allergens off sometimes can actually show um, efficacy there yeah of getting that contact allergy off. Um, and then I did send home topical for that, for the armpits. Yeah. So yeah. a little bit of a topical therapy um, to see if we can just get that one particular area, because it's very small spots, to, to clear so that we're kind of getting away from systemic medications if we can. Yeah. I think that's kind of my thoughts with it is that you want to minimize your environmental factors while doing your food trial without potentially masking the success of the food trial. So like adding in the fish oils is amazing because we're going to improve skin barrier that way, which we have talked before about how a poor skin barrier is really the reason behind an environmental allergy. Allergens Mm -hmm. are getting through and inciting a very normal immune system who's now mad about an intruder. And then as you were saying, those topicals repairs the skin from the outside in. You know, so fish oils are working from the inside out 
the topicals are from the outside in trying to improve the skin barrier so we don't have as much environmental allergen issue while we're trying to get through this food trial. Yeah, because it's muddied water and we're just trying to figure out which is it. So well, let's talk about like other ways to sort these things out. What about allergy testing? Yeah, that's a great... Isn't it? <laughs> that's a great question, <laughs> Dr. Oh, Keith. Gosh, you are welcome, You really Dr. kicked Dame. that one towards yeah. me. <laughs> okay, so allergy testing. Um, is it worth it? Sometimes. Yeah. I have seen it yeah, me be too. so helpful. Me too. Um, the, so there's two ways, two roads to go with allergy testing. Um, you Skin testing, um, which you have to have normal skin to do. So the skin has to be healthy. Not and, have a bunch of infection in it and bumps and rashes. Yes, it has to be nice, pretty, and healthy. And then blood testing. Yeah, which we do most commonly. Yes, and then dermatologists to, yeah. will do the, the skin testing. Skin testing is the preferred method mm-hmm. where they like pr- gold standard gold standard yeah the downsides are you have to go to a dermatologist which can sometimes be you know a lengthier process to get into it could be more expensive for us it's a traveling issue you have mm-hmm. to leave town we don't have a dermatologist where we are um and so the more i think frequently opted for is the blood test but it certainly has it, limitations, it especially within food. I yes. think with environmental allergies, it is more accurate. And for dogs that I strongly suspected had more of an environmental problem, I've had really good luck with that mm-hmm. and the treatment that you know ensued from that testing. But with food, I have found it to be wildly unpredictable. Yeah, I, I feel like um, a lot of things get flagged that may not necessarily be a problem for that dog. Um, so there, there can see, there seems to be some inconsistencies Mm -hmm. with it that we don't necessarily see as often with the skin testing. Yeah. Um, but again, like proximity is really the biggest thing. Um, people, you know, getting their dogs to the dermatologist, one, getting appointment and two, getting there um, Mm -hmm. can be difficult. Mm -hmm. And so it is convenient to pull the blood and send it off. Mm -hmm. But then there, there are some. And ultimately, the, what you wind up doing anyway is an is an elimination diet. Yes. And so, I mean, you know, it's it's kind of a good shove off in the right direction hypothetically. Although I will say, now this has been probably ten years ago, but I had a dog that had allergies, and I'm trying to sort through this exact same thing with him, and the allergy test came back on uh, you know the environmental stuff was pretty straightforward, the food stuff looks like it was straightforward and it was like hey you should feed him duck and potato diet by hills and i was like cool i can do that and he blew up like he'd been stung by a hive of bees Mm. and i was like that's an extreme reaction yeah Uh, because typically dogs don't do that but then i thought well maybe it was a coincidence so like uh you know i tried two weeks later i gave him another you know meal of it same thing I was like, okay, it's definitely the food. It's definitely the food. It's definitely that. So let's not do that again. Yeah. And so at that point is kind of when I decided myself at this stage until that technology is changing or whatever, that I'm not going to particularly rely upon the blood allergy testing for food. I'm just going to go for um, an elimination diet. Yeah. And I think most people go for elimination. Mm -hmm. And I've even sent dogs to dermatology 
and then come back just starting an elimination trial. Yeah. And and that's, I think, totally appropriate of the dermatologist. Definitely Agreed. if financially the, the owner didn't want to, you know, spend the money on the skin and testing. They, do they sedate those dogs for that dermal yes. testing? Yeah. They so have it's like to. a sedation it's a process. process. Yeah, it takes a long time. They have to be very still and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And so you have to shave a giant chunk of hair off your dog. Some people are not down for that, especially on certain coats. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shaving the dog's coat can be damaging to those hair follicles and can create problems. And again, the skin has to be healthy. Yeah, and that's another big barrier. You can't get the skin healthy because of the allergy that you're trying to figure out what it is. Exactly. (laughs) So I love that little catch-22. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Um, So, I, I mean, I recognize that we're like 24 minutes into this podcast, but maybe we should just define who are we actually recommending these food trials for. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know we talked a little bit about the vomiting cat, mm-hmm. but then what? Yeah, the itchy dogs. Um, yeah. Itchy dogs with um, who are going after their feet or chronic ear infections. So, like, we saw you mm-hmm. two months ago for an ear infection, and then you're back again, and then... Two months later, you're back again. Yeah, that's the. I feel like that's the number one culprit for me is yeah. these chronic recurrent otitis externus. Which right now we're seeing a lot of. Oh, I feel like boy howdy. Um, and so you know, doing those elimination trials on those kiddos is really important. And sometimes if they're on the younger side, like if they're under a year and mm-hmm. they are just so itchy. I'm going to lean towards food allergy over environmental yeah, allergy. Especially when we've ruled out parasitism and such. Yes, like fleas aren't the problem. Demodex isn't the problem. Exactly. Then we're going to lean a little bit, in younger dogs, we're going to lean a little bit more into um, food allergies. And then some breeds, I feel like, flag for me a little yeah, bit. true. Golden Doodles. Mm-hmm. Um, fr- uh, French Bulldogs. Golden Doodles. Yes, <laughs> Golden Doodles. <laughs> Poor guys. Uh <laughs> Stafford Terriers, yeah, they love to have skin issues. They do, especially the recessive colors. Yes. The blues and the whites. Mm-hmm. I have a blue myself. Um, luckily, his skin is the one thing that doesn't seem to be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll also ask people, you know, does this seem to be a year-long issue? Yes, that's a great question. Or does this seem to cycle? Like, does it get worse in the summer? Yeah, but it's all year round. But Dr. Dame, I've been feeding this food to my dog for two years. Mm-hmm. You ever heard that one? Yeah, I have. And so, so dogs can develop allergies yeah. to something they've been eating for a long time. Yeah. Um, so that's two tough to four. Too. Uh, two years to four years of age is the most common age to diagnose a food allergy. Yeah, yeah. And then we wrote something that someone asked me last night, a client, because I had an itchy dog that we're starting a food trial on. Um, they asked me, they're like. Um, this one seemed a little bit more environmental, but we're still doing a food trial. But they're like, it just seems to be getting worse as they get older. Like mm-hmm. the, the cycle is getting closer and closer. So that's something we, I feel like we see in environmental allergies where it can, when they get old enough, mm-hmm. it does seem to kind of last for the whole year. But then the question is, did they develop a food allergy? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So we kind of go back, right back to... Where you started. The other thing that I have found really interesting is that... Um, so apical and cytopoint, if they control the allergy really well, then I feel relatively confident that this is environmental. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they are not touching it at all, I pretty much am convinced at that point that it's it going to be, be food. food. Yeah. I mean, or it could be both, you know, um, but that you have food as an issue mm-hmm. because apical and cytopoint are amazing Very at powerful. environmental allergies. Um, 
especially if you've you've done that, you've added in your fish oils or your shampoos or whatever to help improve that skin barrier and you're not seeing improvement, you know you don't have underlying infection, you know it's not endocrine, like this dog's got food going on somewhere. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. It's just, it makes no sense. Like why, why do we have a food causing all these skin problems? But that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it does, you know, ultimately end up making sense, but you have to walk through a lot of science to get there. So yeah. I think that's the hard thing for owners. Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, you would think that it would be more like the cat. If you're mm-hmm. allergic to a protein, why aren't you vomiting? Or having loose stools yeah. or, you know, gassy stomachs yeah. or, you know, something. But dogs, no. Nope. It's, it's it skin. is their skin. It's their skin and ears. And yeah. so it's Not those to say dogs. dogs don't get IBD. They do. They, they totally do. They totally it's do. It's just not as common. And it it's, isn't. It's going to be the French bulldogs that yes. are doing that. And they're usually, I feel like they've got some years on them. Yeah. It, it feels like they'll be five, six, seven, mm-hmm. and we'll start getting IBD issues, which again is a chronic inflammatory response. It takes so much time for the immune system to decide it does not like repetitive exposure to said protein, mm-hmm. and then it starts getting more and more angry about that. Yeah, I keep picking on French Bulldogs. I do love French Bulldogs. We love them. They have... They're such fun they can, little guys. They're so much fun. They they can have the skin issues, though, and the, the mm-hmm. IBD issues. I feel like they're the highly represented in, yeah. in that case. You're picking on golden doodles, so. I do. I love to pick on the golden doodles, which are also awesome dogs, but boy, howdy, do they have some genetic. A lot of ear stuff, typically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because usually with that hybrid vigor, like the whole golden uh, plus the poodle was designed to decrease the cancer rates in the, in the goldens, which is a huge rabbit hole, by the way. But uh, here we are. And then the poodles really don't, struggle as much with the allergies and the ear problems as the com- the combination of the two dogs, which is just fascinating. It me. is fascinating because poodles will have just as much hair in their ears, I feel like. Oh, if not which, more. It's like a little carpet. Yeah, so it's like, why? Mm-hmm. Why? It's just funny. Yeah, I don't know. Just something about it. But, um, okay, so... Um, We touched on this briefly, um, but I want to talk about pitfalls of food elimination diet trials. Like, what are the common mistakes that people will accidentally stumble upon? Yeah. I have a tale. Okay, good. I have a very good friend from middle school, high school, and college, and she texted me, um, and she was like, hey, my dog has skin issues, and here's a photo. And she texted to me, and I was like, yeah, th- definitely. I was like, what are you feeding right now? She's like, hydrolyzed protein. You know, we spent a lot of money on it. We're doing this food trial. And I said, that is amazing. Um, what are you adding on top of the food, or are there any treats? And she said, well, we've always put chicken on top of the food, so we've been doing that. And I went, oh, Uh-oh. dang it. I said, <laughs> I went, that is <laughs> tough. Um, and so I, I, I called her and I was like, hey, so the point of the hydrolyzed protein um, is is to take away the chicken, essentially. Yeah. And so all you probably need to do is it's just stopped. stop putting t- chicken on top of that. Yeah, and change it. Substitute it. Give it tilapia on top. Yeah, you know? or, like, or a little bit of cheese. It, yeah. That would not be a terrible thing. Um, so... Uh, I was like, just switch up the topper because the dog wasn't overweight, so we weren't worried about that. So I was like, switch up the topper and like see what happens, and and so the skin improved when she did that. Remarkable. <laughs> so I yeah, feel like so it's a huge miss, downfall. Yeah. Is like people just um, definitely with any kind of treat, they 
the marketing on the front of the bag just is so confusing. Yeah, it so really flipping is. flipping over the bag and being like, oh, chicken was on this label. Yeah. And just give the whole food treats. That's my number. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of clients, too, that are like, oh, don't be mad at us, but we do do, you know, carrots. And I was like, that's amazing. That's amazing. I love that. I support that 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, so adding in whole food treats um, that are non-protein based is always a great way to go. And then I think another for super sensitive dogs, another big like thing that gets overlooked are the flavored chewables. So yes. if your dog's on an arthritis medicine and it's beef flavored, if it's getting monthly flea and tick chews, monthly heartworm prevention chews, those are really common whoopsie. Because mm-hmm. every month you're basically reflaring your dog. I miss I miss those sometimes. Yeah. Where I'm not even realizing, oh dang, like we were getting yeah. a a a, glu- uh, a uh, joint supplement. Yeah, the glucosamine tablets. Glucosamine tablets. Um, yeah, I yeah. always forget to ask about that. Yeah, and because it it it's a medicine, right? So it should be fine. My dog needs it, mm-hmm. so that can't be part of the problem. The nice thing is. Some of them are hydrolyzed flavored. Yeah. Um, or so. they will use non-protein flavorings. So they'll use like soy or, you know, other things that make them safe. Because I think over the past 10 years, we've we've really... Figured it out. Figured it out. Yeah. And the, the pet food companies or the or the companies creating these products that, that are supposed to be chewed and, chewable and flavored, they are recognizing the amount of dogs that are on special diets and they are modifying the way they're flavoring those tablets. So a lot of them are okay now. But it is a question that needs asking. Yeah, yeah. And I catch myself flipping over the boxes of all of our, mm-hmm. like, preventions, too. And I'm just like, what's in here? Yeah, like, how did that, you... Why is it flavored? Like, well, how is it and, flavored? you know, dogs that have beef sensitivity, a lot of gel... Like, um, like, like antibiotics, they're in those gel capsules. Yep. Those are beef gelatin mm-hmm. and um, can be a problem. So. Yeah, if they're super severe. If they're super Super sensitive. Yeah. So if you're one of those dogs that or you know, you're not the dog, but if you have one of those dogs that um, is super severe, they're they're losing all their hair, they're chewing themselves raw, they're bleeding, chronic skin infections, um, that's something else that that could be keeping you from success. Most definitely. And then personally with my dog, it's my child throwing food on the floor. Or the grandma. Or the or the grandma. Yep. Yep. Or, yeah, and that's a really good point. Getting the household on board. Yeah. If not everybody's invested, you're going to struggle. I have had a lot of tough conversations with the person who's bringing the pet into the clinic who is very gung-ho about doing this diet trial, and they look at me and they're like, this is not going to work. And I'm like, why? Because you're so, like, in it. And she's like, someone in the household could – it's part of their daily – kind of bond with the Mm -hmm. with the pet the human animal bond it's very important and if you know we're in a household with somebody who every day we we eat this treat together um them and the pet then Mm -hmm. that's a struggle to break yeah Um, yeah and so i again i just always reach for an exchange yeah you know replace one habit with another there's books written on that you know just you don't um, I so just like on elimination diets, I recently was put on one myself, and they told me I couldn't have coffee, and I was like, you, you don't oh, understand. No. I don't actually have blood in my veins. It is actually just coffee, is how I function, and so I had. Natalie to, runs on scooters. <laughs> oh my gracious! But it's true, mm-hmm. and so I, I was like, it's an organic coffee. What is your problem? But apparently, 
it was a problem. So uh, oddly enough, three weeks into this, I do feel a whole lot better. But what I had to do was switch my habit. So I got mud water, mm -hmm. uh, which I actually really enjoy. Some people don't like it. But... And you're drinking tea. And I drink a lot more tea now, which I always loved tea. But I used to start it after noon, and now I started at like 9.30 a.m. Yeah. So another tale. I had a lot of skin dogs recently. The, it's all day, every day. Yeah. Um, there was a, uh, this morning, um, I had a older Yorkie who's been having some pretty severe skin issues. We're ruling out um, parasites um, at this point, but I, I brought up food and I was like, hey, this could be food. What kind of protein is our food? It's chicken based. Okay, well we may consider a switch. And he says, that's gonna be difficult because when what I eat, she eats. And, I, and so he was like, when I cook a pork chop, she has some of the pork chop. And I'm like, I understand that. It's like, maybe you'll have a green bean and she'll have a green bean. Mm -hmm. And so it's like that swap of yeah. it can still come off your plate, Yeah. but maybe it's gonna be something that's not gonna ruin our diet trial. Yeah, and I will even go as far as to tell owners, you, you know, to put something on their plate that they never intended to eat, mm -hmm. that they just put on their plate to feed the dog. <laughs> like if, if you're just doing fried chicken, at least put the green beans for the dog on yeah. the plate. Like low sodium green beans. Please, yeah. Low <laughs> sodium. Low sodium boiled. Honestly, green beans. that's what I tell people all the time. It's not that dogs can't eat people food. It's that dogs shouldn't eat the people food that people shouldn't be eating. Yes. <laughs> like that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Think of a dog as a, a baby that can't eat seasoned yeah. food. Yeah. <laughs> or grapes. Or grapes. Yeah, grapes and raisins. Yep. So honestly, yeah, that's basically it. Um, okay. What other pitfalls can you think of? Honestly, those are, I think, the biggest ones. Maybe quitting early is another mm -hmm. one. Quitting early. Or getting uh, disheartened because of the concurrent environmental issues. You know, and this speaks nothing to things like, you know, could the dog be itching for endocrine problems or, you know, those types of things as well. But that's that's a whole nother. I have a, a another one that is kind of a pitfall would be not keeping the recheck mm -hmm. appointment. So yeah. here's the thing about skin issues. When they first come into us, they might have a secondary skin infection. Um, you have like an itch threshold, which just think of it as like- A cup filling up? A cup filling up. Um, you know, you have your environmental allergies. Okay, that's a little bit of water in that cup. You got your food allergies. That's a lot of water in your cup. You have a skin infection. And now your cup's pouring over and this dog is just itching, itching, itching. Because the infection itself itches. Yes. So you have to get the infection completely under control before you get a an ounce of control over that itch mm -hmm. with skin infections if they are not completely gone on that antibiotic so they may be almost gone but you have a couple little spots left on the dog and you come off that antibiotic it's like a wildfire and boom you're back at square one within um, a few days a few it's days. wild how fast they can come back so that's why I'm very particular with my skin rechecks um, that I want to see you back in 10 to 14 days before you finish that antibiotic. Because if I need to get you an extension of therapy, um, I want uh, some more antibiotics so that we completely clear this infection before you come off. I, I need to see you to do that. Yeah, I mean, and if they're coming, if the infection's coming back and we are discontinuing antibiotics and then trying to resume them and, and this goes on and on, we're gonna have resistance. And that's um, a really big problem, yeah, and it, you know, industry wide. But you're not going to see the the fruits of your labor with the food trial if we don't get the skin infection under control. So true. So that's a, I think a big downfall is like you know you got to keep those rechecks because yeah. we just have to kind of keep touch with how that skin's looking. Yeah. Um, 
so that we can continue to guide you, you know, on the next steps. Yeah. And then I think like, as I, as I'm kind of thinking forward, if, if this is a client of ours, for example, listening to this podcast right now and they're getting prepared for a food trial, I just want to be really transparent and say at the end of the 12 weeks that we may not be better because we may not have chosen the right trial and we may have to do it a second time. Yep. But typically if you do two of them and you're still not making progress, your food is not going to probably fix anything. You're no. going to, you just go back to whatever seems like a good choice, make sure you're doing your fish oils and we're going to support the system in different ways like the shampoos and Apoquil Cytopoint. And if we're continuing to struggle, we always are happy to refer to a dermatologist yeah. if that is something yeah. you want to pursue. You know, and then uh, also, I guess, also, also, I don't have any also's I can throw in there, but, you know, that we've touched just very, very briefly on the fact that, you know, there can be other things. Like, what mm-hmm. if we have a thyroid issue? Yeah. And, um, you know, we could have Cushing's. We could have a million, a million other things that could be going on, autoimmune diseases. Yeah. And so those things can get discovered along this path, but that can be a journey of a year mm-hmm. to, to get there. And so staying in communication with, with your veterinarian, not giving up on that process because anytime you stop the process, you're essentially starting back over, whether it's with that veterinarian or a different veterinarian, you're back to beginning. Now we're all trying to refigure this out. We've messed up our timeline. We've missed, messed up the what works and what doesn't work. Um, and it can really set you back a long ways financially, emotionally, um, you know, in, chronologically in terms of getting this dog to a, a management point. Yeah, we're so on your team. And skin dogs, I think if you ask any veterinarian, skin and ear dogs, so those itchy dogs that we're doing food trials on, can be the most frustrating thing. Yep. I, I think and allergies owners. and then diabetes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like in that order. Because allergies are, it's a lifelong commitment. It will impact the way this dog or cat lives, um, what it eats, what it does, you know, how often you see your veterinarian. Also, put your pet on insurance, please. Mm-hmm. When they're puppies and kittens before they have these problems. Um, Pumpkin, for example, Dr. Dame and I were talking about this uh, insurance company. We don't, we're not insurance salespeople, but I will say that Pumpkin covers food, mm-hmm. prescription diets. Um, not all of them do. So if you have, I don't know, a golden doodle, then, or a Frenchie. <laughs> make sure you check to make sure your insurance company is covering prescription diets because yeah. that could be a game changer. Yeah. And some of those fresh foods are prescription. So yeah. potentially that Just falls Just Food for in, Dogs has prescription line. Yeah. So that falls into probably, this yeah. is, we don't know for sure if they would cover Yeah. That, you'd have but, to like go with your insurance company, yeah. but I would imagine Just Food for Dogs because they have prescription lines that that would be... Potentially would mm-hmm. fall into it. For sure. Um, yeah. And I feel like this podcast, um, if you have a um, food trial dog and you're listening to it now, definitely go back and listen to the Itchy Dog podcast and the Pet Food, food. Po- Pet food Podcast because... I think it's all tying together. together. I mean, it's just, and that's what's tough is like what you put in the body affects your whole body. And I, I feel like, you know, this is a testament to that Mm -hmm. and it can be so frustrating. We can't sit down the dogs and ask them questions. Um, You can, you absolutely can. They just don't answer. They don't answer. And I have asked, I said, what is wrong? (laughs) Um, How does this food make you feel? Um, I want to ask that, but I haven't figured out how to get them to talk back to yeah, me. Yeah, unless we get them all doing those push button things. Have you seen that cat? And the golden doodle that does it? I haven't seen the golden doodle. That's the most famous one. Oh, I can't no remember kidding. its name, but yeah, there's a golden doodle. Or maybe it's maybe it's a uh, 
It's not a golden doodle. Doctor Goodall would totally know because she, she was she was wanting Blitzen to do buttons. Yeah, help. <laughs> <laughs> Start with that one, <laughs> and and potty. I feel like is another like bathroom. Bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> you could be the the voice button guy. That would be amazing. Yeah, you sound awesome. Mom, bathroom, <laughs> please treat. That's the, that's my imitation of those videos, but. I really wish that sometimes I could just be like, hey, like, how did that food feel on your stomach? Yeah. <laughs> but we can't. Yeah. So we have to do go slow and work together. We are a team. Yep. It, um, yeah. We are frustrated with you, like, you know, in the best way. Like, you're not alone in this. Yeah. We are, we're, we're ready to just figure this out with you. Yeah. Elbow to elbow. Mm-hmm. Off we go. Or is it shoulder to shoulder? I think it's shoulder it's to shoulder. It's shoulder to shoulder. Okay. Yeah. You're... You, <laughs> you, <laughs> you could lock elbows and walk. You could. Side by side. Side by side. In a slow motion video. Yeah. Or like Yellow Brick Road. Yeah. We could skip. <laughs> Off to see the wizard. Or pretend like this isn't the most infuriating disease process. Yeah. But yes, we're on your on your team and expect the long haul. Expect the long haul. And yeah, that is definitely a good... <laughs> A little depressing way to sign out on a the food trial well, thing. Well, it's just it is, adjusting it just the monitor. Like just as long as you know to expect that that's normal, that's part of this process, and that's fine. Yeah, it's so. it's uh, creating expectations. Yep. So and cool. That, yeah, I love that. All right, as always, we are here for questions. Yeah, reach out if yeah. you're if you're going to get into balance it. Definitely reach out. I feel like that takes a little bit more talking about because hydrolyzed protein is just going to be a food that you buy from one of the prescription mm-hmm. companies. Fresh um, pet is just going to be a food you buy, um, or the fresh dog food, I mean. Um, so farmer's dog, nom nom. Um, but balance it, you are cooking it at home, so you could reach out and ask yeah, us about the website. Yeah, because you can pick your recipe. Like, you mm-hmm. pick the ingredients you want to use. So yeah. that's a cool thing about it. But anyway, awesome. Uh, yep, we're here. Holler at us anytime, and we'll uh, pick another really exciting topic next time. <laughs> All right, bye, guys. Bye, guys.